You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where typically on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, but unfortunately, y'all, there will not be a weekly Friday mailbag tomorrow because we're going to have a guest on the show on Friday because I want to talk to Jimmy Stein of Locked on Alabama as the Alabama Crimson Tide are having their pro day on Thursday. And, you know, I usually react to stuff a day later. So on Friday, instead of having the mailbag, we're going to have Jimmy Stein from Locked on Bama to tell us about Bryce Young and how he could potentially fit here in Carolina. And not just Bryce Young in that discussion, but also on Monday – Maybe bring it out earlier, but right now on Monday, I'm planning on having Lance Daw of Lockdown Kentucky to tell us about Will Levis as Kentucky will have their pro day on Friday afternoon. The next week, Brandon Olson of Lockdown Gator is going to come on and talk to us about Anthony Richardson. But on today's show, we're going to have Jay Stevens of Lockdown Buckeyes who's on Wednesday up in Ohio in Columbus at the Ohio State University. C.J. Stroud, the potential number one overall pick in the NFL draft, was there for his pro day where he he was outstanding. I don't know how much you can really glean from a pro day as long as the guy's like not out there like throwing a bunch of incompletions. I believe Joe Person of the Athletic charted him at 44 and 51 as far as like 44 completions, 51 incompletions. And he had seven of them all were on the misses on the left side. Two drops. Five is straight up incompletion. So that happens. But CJ Stroud, he looked great. And the Panthers had a ton of people there. We'll get into that here uh, shortly. And by the way, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown today to get started. But CJ Stroud had his pro day. Can have Jay Stevens here momentarily, but has pro day on Wednesday. He looked good. If you watch Stroud on New Year's Eve against Georgia, he was outstanding. The best I've ever seen him play. And I do wonder, is that the real C.J. Stroud or is that really who he can be? Because he certainly was not that threat as career at Ohio State. Now, he was excellent. Don't get me wrong. That Rose Bowl a couple years ago in Utah when Jackson Smith and Jigbo went off and set a Rose Bowl record for receiving yards, Stroud was out there putting the ball in the bunny to him. Stroud is out there putting it on Marvin Harrison Jr. and on Abuka. And on Mecca Book and on Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson when they were back at Ohio State. He's a good quarterback. I think he's a solid player. I do wonder how much of it is the offense and how much of it is it really C.J. Stroud, who I think is one of the top quarterback prospects. And I agree that he should be considered for the number one pick, and I would be totally fine if he comes here to Carolina. I just have questions about how good C.J. Stroud actually is and can be once he gets to the National Football League, that's why I'm going to ask Jay Stevens about that. But well, he's been phenomenal ever since New Year's Eve when the clock struck midnight and Noah Ruggles shanked the kick. He's gone on to have an excellent combine, an excellent pro day. All the interviews that he's had have been fantastic. He actually met with the Panthers brass on Tuesday night in Columbus, had dinner with them. Him and his mother had dinner with David Tepper and Nicole Tepper. Like the Panthers, they brought the biggest entourage I have ever seen go to any sort of pro day or combine event. David and Nicole Tepper was there. 
Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, Dan Morgan, the assistant general manager, VP Samir Suleiman, the new OC Thomas Brown, Josh McCown, the new quarterbacks coach, senior assistant Jim Caldwell is there, scouting director Cole Spencer, and a scout Joe Patton. All those people. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Is that twelve? Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven people. That's that's a massive party. And I'm sure y'all saw if you well, quick aside, if you pay for NFL Plus, which is out of control, the NFL, with all the money that they're getting, that they are out here paywalling pro days. They're paywalling dudes in shorts and t-shirts going up against air. They're really making people pay for this. Now, fortunately, I tweeted out, tweeted about it, and I had a listener who this, who asked me, he's like, hey, well, if you want to watch, I'll just give you my login to NFL Plus. So thank you very much to that listener for doing that. Um because I'm not going to pay for that. And I think it's insane that the NFL is asking people to pay for it. But if you did pay for it or were able to watch it at an outlet that was not um, above board, how dare you people do that? Uh, <laughs> you would have seen that CJ Stroud was dapping up Frank Reich, David Tepper, Thomas Brown, Josh McCown. Everybody was there. Jim Caldwell. It was insane the amount of people from Carolina that were there to watch CJ Stroud. Now, it's not necessarily insane. It's just like almost feels excessive in a way. Is do you really need that many people? The Panthers are doing their due diligence. And I would tell you right now, if the same amount of people, the same party, everyone does not show up to Tuscaloosa, they do not show up to Lexington, and they do not show up to Gainesville, don't make that out to be, oh, they only want CJ Stroud. Now the Panthers can make it as obvious as they want. Now they don't I know they don't want to because they want to keep up the illusion, which it could be true that they could move down to two or three that they're totally fine. Maybe taking any of the top two or top three guys, but right now they want to preserve that thought so they can have that option. And it gives them an option being at number one and liking multiple quarterbacks and having conviction in them. Like Scott Fitter told us on Monday when he met with the media that they can be quiet about it, be able to go speak to all of them and know that, Hey, we get our choice. We can decide what we want to do. So if you do not have 11 people, so there's not 11 people there in Tuscaloosa or in Lexington or in Gainesville, don't take that as they're drafting CJ Stroud. They could be drafting CJ Stroud. I don't think they're drafting CJ Stroud because 11 people were there at his pro day and had dinner with him on Tuesday night in Columbus, Ohio. They're going to take him because they think he's a good player. And in his coaching staff, he can go out there and elevate this franchise and bring us this insane success that David Tepper promised us. So remember that. Also, pro days, I feel like they're overall useless. If anything, you just want to make sure the guy's going to complete a lot of passes and doesn't get hurt. But really, the tape and film study, that's the only thing that really should matter. And also interviews. The Panthers are going to bring in CJ Stroud for another interview for a top 30 visit. They talked to him at the Combine. They had dinner with him. They've had plenty of conversation with CJ Stroud. So they're still trying to get to know who he is. I think that was more important Tuesday night, the conversation, the dinner that they had with him, than what he did on the field on Wednesday because he's throwing his air in shorts and a T-shirt with no pads on. What he did the last two seasons at Ohio State, that's what you should be focused on more than, oh, what did he do in his pro bay? Or even in the con- combine. So just a thought there. All right. So let's take a quick pause here on the show. Then we'll come back, talk to Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes to get his thoughts on how good is CJ Stroud really. But before we do that, y'all, the tournament is heating up. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not 
win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout of a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance. Get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers. As promised, Jay Stevens, the venerable host of the Locked on Buckeyes podcast covering the Ohio State University. Jay, welcome to Locked on Panthers, my brother. Hey, man. Happy to be here, Julian. Happy to be here with you. And I'm glad to talk ball. I know it's the offseason, but I love talking football. Well, absolutely. I know for college, at least you got spring practice going on, but you have a long offseason until you finally get back to college football season, which we know is all that matters up in Columbus, Ohio. Now, I understand the women's team. They're going to the Sweet 16. You got lacrosse and all that kind of good stuff. But everyone there in Columbus and in the state of Ohio, they live and breathe football, especially Ohio State Buckeyes football, which is why I want you on the show because you're one of those people and you can give me some insight because the Carolina Panthers – by the way, as I'm sure you're aware, have traded up to number one overall because they're ready to get a quarterback. And potentially that quarterback could be C.J. Stroud of the Ohio State University. So please tell me, who is C.J. Stroud and what makes him so damn special that he could potentially go number one overall in the 2023 NFL draft? C.J. Stroud is one of the best prospects in this year's NFL draft. It doesn't matter if it's quarterback, receiver, D.N., doesn't matter. He's one of the best prospects, and he has been a good representative of Ohio State as he's been the starting quarterback over the past couple years. He describes himself as a ball placement specialist. That's what he excels at. When you watch him play football over the past couple years, he excels at putting the ball where the ball needs to be consistently. Bryce Young, there's other guys, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, they don't do that as well as C.J. Stroud. Now, some of them have other attributes that are better than Stroud, but Stroud to me is a guy we talk about like possibly being the number one overall pick. If you're watching him in a pro day in shorts and a T-shirt, you're probably going to say he's the number one overall pick because he's going to excel in that event. Yeah, well, he did excel in that event. I did uh, watch it on NFL Plus. I have no idea why the NFL, with all the money they're getting from CBS and Fox and NBC and Amazon, why they are paywalling a pro day. Now, there's ways around it. Fortunately for me, a listener gave me their login. Thank you again to that person for doing that. <laughs> and I know you found your way to watch it as well. But what kind of grand takeaways, if any, were you able to take from C.J. Stroud's performance at his pro day on Wednesday, where, of course, he did what you expected to do, lit it up, and put on a show. I'll put it this way. I marvel at what he did during this event because he does it so well. Like, I'm watching him play, like, throw, ball, throw, throw uh, passes, and in the beginning, it's literally just the flick of the wrist, putting the ball um, right where it needs to be, and these are some, like, warm-up throws to guys, either out routes or quick passes, and sometimes some down the sidelines, didn't matter if it was a Jigba or Marvin Harrison Jr. or uh, Xavier Johnson. Didn't matter who he was throwing the ball to. It was always where it needs to be every time. And so that might be the only grand takeaway is that he consistently does the same thing over and over. And what he does, he excels at. It's it's weird. Now, we've watched a lot of football, seen a lot of quarterbacks throw. Not just in pads, but also in t-shirt and shorts. And so you don't really marvel at a lot at, that we see during these events. 
because it's not real football. But when you see a guy do it over and over and over and over and over and over, you're like, hold on, hold on, hold on. You kind of have to pause and stop and take a second back and realize, oh, what we're watching is special. Yeah, no, I mean, he's been a special player. And really, for me, I, I watched a lot of his career. Now, here's, a, here's one of the things about Ohio State. They're the dominant team in the Big Ten. I know Michigan's got you the last two years, but before that, it had been, what, like seven in a row, something ridiculous like yeah. that. And in, in my lifetime, at 30 years old, it's been Ohio State that's been dominant over Michigan. It's been a lot. There's been some game of the centuries. There's been opportunities where I thought, oh, man, Michigan probably should have won that game, but they haven't. Ohio State has dominated that that team. So I don't often check into games outside of, you know, the game in Penn State and in if Ohio State plays like an Oregon because I just know they're going to dominate. So I was always impressed by Stroud because, I mean, every Ohio State quarterback is impressive for the most part. But I was, I've always been impressed by him. But he didn't really capture my attention and make me think, oh, wow, he might be that dude until New Year's Eve against Georgia, where he did all the things that people had questioned. Like, okay, he doesn't want to use his feet. Why does he not use his feet? Well, he's a quarterback. He's obviously athletic. He does not need to always run the football. That's not really a part of his repertoire. And really what Ryan Day is asking him to do in that offense. But he did that against Georgia. And he was able to lead them down to what should have been a game-winning drive had Noah Ruggles not shanked it all the way to Marietta and right. up in the Stone Mountain, Georgia as well. Like, Stroud was awesome that day. I just wonder, though, was that an anomaly? Or is that who C.J. Stroud really is? Because I've seen what he's been, and he was okay against Michigan. I mean, one game was in the snow last year. I mean, the defense was just so bad. I really couldn't look at Stroud and blame him. So who is the real C.J. Stroud? The guy that we saw on New Year's Eve? or really the guy that we saw throughout his career that unfortunately as a starter 0-2 against Michigan? I think he's more of the guy that you saw previously. He could possibly mix in what we saw against Georgia. But I would be a bad analyst if I came on here and said that one game we saw from Stroud New Year's Eve is who Stroud is as a quarterback. I would be bad. And the listeners of Lockdown Buckeyes would be like, dude, what are you doing? This is not <laughs> what who you are. This is not what you say you are. And it doesn't even make any sense. If I play – if I – excuse me, let – if I host 20 episodes, yeah. In the last one, I do something I've never done, and it's the best one ever. That does not mean who I am. That means who I can be. Stroud yes. can be that against Georgia. I don't believe he is he is going to be that as soon as he's he's in the National Football League. If he's with the Carolina Panthers, and let's just say they draft him, they start him week one. You're not getting Georgia Stroud on week number one. You may get it week 15. But you're not going to get that full thing. It's the NFL. Everybody's a pro. So you got to take it in a snapshot and say, Stroud can be that consistently. Stroud was not that consistently. I think it's partially twofold. One, Stroud is a quarterback. But two, I think Ryan Day held him back. Not only hmm. him. If you think about Justin Fields previously. Okay. Justin Fields also was someone more athletic than Stroud. Was, was mad he didn't run a 4-3 at the pro day but did not show that athleticism consistently on the football field like many people thought that he would. And I think going into the upcoming season where the quarterback will not be as athletic as Fields or as Stroud, I think Ryan Day is going to have to reevaluate and really Corey Dennis, the QB coach, how they want to use a quarterback. Because I think he learned Ryan Day a tough lesson. If we had this Stroud all year long, yeah. we're, we're in a different spot and we're not playing Georgia in the first game of the playoff. Yeah, well, what I'm starting to hear right now is a little bit of that heat that's been coming out from Ryan Day <laughs> since December. Now, I feel like 
it cooled off a little bit based off of how they performed against Georgia, which again, I don't even know if that's really the case. It's my outside perspective. Ohio State should always be contending for national championships. Yes. And right now, when I see them play against Bama and Georgia, I have no expectation for them to win that game, which I think is part of the problem that you have with Ryan Day right now and how Ohio State fans feel, especially when you had a first-round quarterback in Justin Fields, and now you are likely going to have – well, you're going to have another one. It's just whether he goes one, two, three, or whatever right. in C.J. Stroud. So it's interesting to say that you say that. And I probably should have phrased it, you know, is that – who he can be more than is that who he is? Because I certainly was taken aback because I look at the prospects, all four of them, the top quarterbacks have played against Georgia, who's had an insane defense the last two years and, of course, has won a national championship. Bryce Young lit them up in the SEC championship game in uh, 2021, or 2021, rather, where he was awesome in that SEC title game. And then you saw later on, in a national championship, he was fine through a pick six that cost him at the end of the game, but he wasn't great. I thought overall, Bryce Young, okay, good performance. Anthony Richardson's first career start was against Georgia, a complete disaster. Yeah. It was no good against them again. So it's when you look at that, it's hard for me to be like, okay, well, that's that's an NFL defense. Now, not everyone, but a lot of those guys are going to the league. Uh, how do I feel about them? Will Levis actually played really good against Georgia back in 2021 when he had good protection. And then last year, wasn't the same case. So I'm actually impressed by how Levis played against him. But Stroud, outside of what Bryce Young did in the SEC title game in 2021, like he had the most impressive performance against the Georgia Bulldogs, which was what really got me charged up about him. Now let's talk about this. Because you bring up Ryan Day holding back Justin Fields. And this is a big year for Justin Fields in Chicago. We'll find out whether he can be, I don't know, maybe we'll find out this year, but we'll get a really good look at whether he can be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I've already gotten it. I'm sure you've heard this before. There is this lazy trope about, well, he went to Ohio State. Ohio State's never had a good quarterback in the NFL, so you can't draft him. Looked it up. Dwayne Haskins, first-round quarterback, 15th overall in 2019. God rest his soul. It didn't really work out for him. Justin Fields, TBD. Arch Schlichter, back in 82, went fourth <laughs> overall, was no good. Then other notable quarterbacks got Troy Smith in the fifth round as a Heisman Trophy winner, but fifth rounders, even today, there's not a lot of expectation out of him. He was no good. Craig Krenzel, who won a national championship, shouldn't have won one. That was pass interference. Uh, fifth round pick in 2004, he was no good. And Cardell Jones, 12 gauge, fourth rounder in 2016. Last time I checked, he's playing for like the DC defenders in the XFL. So it's not like there's been a lot of guys that were just these surefire talent. So please, can you possibly dispel this notion of, oh, well, he went to Ohio State, so clearly he can't be a good quarterback because I just don't understand what that even means. It would make sense if they were all coached by the same guy, but you don't have a Tom Osborne yeah. at the school for a long time or a Bobby Bowden who's at the school for a long time or even Joe Paterno. You don't have those coaches anymore. You mentioned Craig Krenzel, coached by Jim Trestle. Completely different offense than what Ohio State has today. You mentioned Dwayne Haskins. Coached by Ryan Day for a hot minute, but all but Ryan Day was not the head coach. That was an Urban Meyer thing. Mention Cardell Jones. If it wasn't for that three-game run where they won the national championship, Cardell Jones probably would not have been drafted because no. the year that he started the year as a starter, he shouldn't have been, and he was not. He clearly showed he was not a capable starting quarterback. By the Justin way, by Z the way, quick aside, Zeke Ezekiel Elliott won the national championship. I was so when everyone's like, "Oh, Cardell Jones," like guys. Did you watch what Ezekiel Elliott did in those final three games? Did you see him run for 200 yards against Alabama? That was not Cardell Jones. Well, we were all so caught up on, oh, quarterback. So clearly that's why they won. It's like, no, they won because it's Ohio State and Ezekiel Elliott went otherworldly for three straight weeks. 
Go I on, like please. you. I like you more than I already did. <laughs> but when you talk about like the Ohio State overall, the quarterbacks don't do anything. It doesn't make it's individuals that cannot translate their games to the NFL. Craig Krenzel, no, we could have told you that back then. It's not going to translate. Um, Cardo Jones, you may have been hoping, but he never showed it in college consistently. Dwayne Haskins, maybe. But I have a thing about guys that only start for one year and then go to the NFL. I don't believe – I'm always hesitant for them to do that. I think if Haskins would have stayed another year, we would have seen a, a different Haskins in the NFL because he would have been better prepared for that. I think Fields and Stroud, among all the guys you talked about, they're the most prepared for the NFL. For the NFL, but I'm not going to sit here and say because they're at Ohio State, they're going to be busts. They're going to be bums in the next in the next, at the next level. Not going to say that. You take your talents to the next level. The team that drafts you does kind of dictate how you are in the beginning. I mean, you got a bad offensive line, and you're running for your life every play. It's going to be hard to be success- successful. Just to be honest with you. But yeah. you have to prove yet to one have the right mindset. You got to put the work in. But you also have to trust the people around you and get better every single day. So I don't put much stock into Ohio State quarterbacks or bubs at the next level. I don't do that. What I will say is Fields can be good. He has more work to do. Stroud can be good. He has a lot of work to do because some of the things that he is not strong at, they will get exposed in the National Football League. Well, what are those weaknesses then? Because we always we speak about his, his strengths. I mean, obviously here you look, you talk about his accuracy. He completed what seventy one percent of his passes last year at Ohio State, which was a Big Ten and Ohio State record. So hey, you, you want to see that? And the offense, I think, helps especially with the wide receivers that you have there, which are the best in college football annually. So what are the weaknesses though with CJ Stroud? Because we spend a lot of time speaking about what makes him great, like what makes him like eh, not that great. One of the biggest things for Stroud, and this is going to be for anybody in any field, and I say it this way, Stroud is not good when things aren't clean and perfect in the pocket. And his footwork doesn't have to be off schedule. He can sit back there, pick apart the defense because the pocket is clean. His footwork is great. He can move right to left a little bit, slide up, slide up a little. When things are good in the pocket, he is phenomenal. When things have to go off schedule, off script, and he has to move around a little bit, improvise a little bit, that's when things drop off significantly for him. But, Julian, I always could say it like this, and I use myself as an example. I've been podcasting for about four years now. If all of a sudden my microphones don't work and I can't hear you, there's a problem because I can't do my job. If all of a sudden I don't have a mic, I'm not going to move it away. People won't be able to hear me. But if the microphone gets away – then there's a problem because you cannot clearly hear me. My microphone, if I turn it, you can't hear anything because of the way that the microphone is, is made. So if there's an issue with just me podcasting and either the hearing or the microphone, there's a problem. I have to improvise. And sometimes imp- 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 improvising, I can find a way to talk to, to hear you to s- fix some settings. I can find a way to fix the mic, just fix some settings. But it's going to take, going to take some time and may throw me off my game. Same thing with Stroud. If things are off script, he's going to have issues. But people keep saying, oh, man, his issues are exposed. Everybody has this in every field that they have. And it just happens to be when he goes off script, when things aren't going for him the way they need to be, he kind of just drops off a little bit more than people think a quarterback should, who is going to probably be top five, maybe top ten. I, at worst, I say, I've say i been saying top nine for a while. That was with the Panthers were at number nine. 
But now yeah. that they're number one, I can probably say higher top seven, top five pick for Stroud. But just when he goes off script, also talk about what we saw against Georgia. I think that's an issue. And I, I do say, I first said him, I think he's an issue for why he doesn't use his legs on the field. I did say Ryan Day, but also I don't think he wants to move. Like, I, I truly don't believe he wants to move consistently. Yeah. Which it may not be a problem at the next level. Maybe he can make it, the offense can be orchestrated so he doesn't have to move. But there are times, even a Peyton Manning, a Tom Brady, who yeah. can't move nowhere, would move a little bit to get out. I remember some some plays from Peyton Manning, a Colts fan my whole life, where Manning had to roll out and, <clears throat> and, they, were, and, they, and they were called bootlegs and uh, waggles and getting him outside of the pocket. This man was nowhere near as fast as Stroud, but he realized to be successful, i got to move my feet. I really wonder how often and how much Stroud wants to move his feet and use his legs, even behind the line of scrimmage, to move the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a big issue because in today's NFL, you have to be able to move. Now, maybe not move a lot. Like, he no Lamar Jackson, but you got to be able to move a little bit. And I, yeah. I wonder at the next level if he's going to have to um, do that a little bit more if, and if he'll be comfortable doing so. Yeah, I mean, the comfort level, I think, is really the key concern, if anything, because, I mean, he's obviously capable of moving. You say he doesn't want to, but the thing is, like, can you or can you not? Well, he certainly can't because Peyton Manning, he he really couldn't. But we know that C.J. Stroud can. It's just like, will he do it? And is he comfortable doing it, as you just mentioned? So it's interesting. You bring up Ryan Day because I want to get back to that because we look at accuracy and everyone talks about how C.J. Stroud's so accurate and you point to the record. You can't really sit here and dissect it more than like, hey, 71%. Like that's 71%. That, that's that's pretty good. So yeah. it's hard to, yeah. to even downplay it. I just do wonder how much is that really a product of the offense more than Stroud? Because I do go back to Dwayne Haskins' final career at Ohio State. He completed 70% of his passes. And once he got to the NFL, he only completed 60%. Now he was never going to complete 70% of the passes in the NFL. But when you look at some guys, like obviously the top tier guys like Mahomes and Burrow, they're out there completing 68%. Even Andy Dalton, who will be the mentor potentially to CJ Stroud if he comes here, he completed 66% of his passes last year with the New Orleans Saints. He's been in the league for a while, but still, it's one of those things where I wonder, because Haskins, I was like, oh, he's accurate. He gets to the league. Oh, no, he's not. Is Stroud actually accurate? Or is it more what Day is doing offensively and having – I don't know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, uh, Buka, Marvin Harrison Jr. Is that is that more of it, or is it or, or is it the offense? Like, I, I'm just trying to figure out, is he actually accurate? Because I've been told this and then saw that not happen at the next level. No, I do believe he's accurate. I do believe that Stroud, and I've seen him play numerous games. Uh, I remember the game against Indiana where Marvin Harrison Jr. is on the sidelines, and the ball was put in an area where only Harrison Jr. can make the catch. He makes the catch. I have seen times where Chris Olave, uh, I remember game 2021 against Michigan, actually, going towards the end zone. Uh, Stroud put the ball where only Garrett Wilson could catch the ball. Well-defended play, put it right there, and I got a quick snapshot of that play, and I was like, ooh, that's elite ball placement. So I do believe the ball placement and the accuracy that is who C.J. Stroud is. Now, if you're playing just shorts, T-shirt only, no pads, no nothing, no rush, straight seven on seven, and there's no um, five Mississippi or seven Mississippi like the kids used to play to get to the uh, rush quarterback, Stroud's going to d- slice and dice you up, bro. He's going to kill you. He's going to be out there and be a, a future Hall of Famer if that's the brand of p- football you're playing. I yeah. do believe he's that quarterback. 
and even more so than I thought of Dwayne Haskins or even a Justin Fields accuracy wise. I do think he is that accurate. The issues may come mentally with him though. And okay. I think a lot of it may be mentally on the field. Off the field, he's gonna sound um like you want a quarterback to sound and sound really confident and um all of those things. I think the issues, and it's not so much like I talk about like getting off schedule. I think it's a lot of the stuff is up here. I think he knows what to do. I, and this is just me. Maybe I have a biased belief in him. I believe sure. he knows what to do. He doesn't always do it. Yeah. And I think we've seen that illustrated throughout his career. Like, there's been games where he's been excellent. And I think the only time I really feel like I saw him struggle was his first career start, which I think was like against Minnesota right on the road yeah. on that yeah. Thursday night. And it was funny because we were like, oh, hey, put in Quinn Ewers. And we've seen how Quinn Ewers has gone to Texas now. Well, he's playing. Now he might be losing his job to Arch Manning. That's right. a separate conversation. But Stroud, immediately in the second half, he looked great against Minnesota. And from there on, I mean, he went on and had a really good year. And, you know, he, he struggled in certain situations. I mean, the Michigan game in the snow where he got Aiden Hutchinson sacking him three times. He got a job on the other side. Most quarterbacks are going to have an issue when that happens. And, and you you talked about that. But I think Stroud – He's a solid player. I, I'm interested to see, you know, what he could do at the next level in the NFL because he certainly is going to be a, a first-round draft pick. So do you think Stroud, because you have the belief in him, do you think he's a guy that can be a day-one starter or do you think it's going to probably take a little bit more time before he should really be out there on the football field, especially when you look at the, the situation in Carolina where they already have an Andy Dalton here who could be that bridge need be? Can he? Yes. Should he be? Absolutely not. I don't believe. Okay. Stroud, day one, should come in and be the starter. I, I, that's not me saying I don't think he should start in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, I can see why the Panthers, if they draft him, would may put him and make him the starter day one. But I just have a nervousness, man, a hesitancy about a guy who already sometimes struggled when there were college-level pass rushes in his face. And the Buckeyes have a good O-line, not an elite O-line. Had a pretty good old line for college, and I saw how he handled it there. I think starting him early could derail his confidence. So okay. I am saying let him get used to the NFL way of things, NFL coaching, NFL practice, all of that. Allow a veteran quarterback to help him get acclimated to week-by-week, day-by-day operation of an NFL team. And then, and I don't know, I have not looked at the NFL schedule, the Panthers schedule, to know like when their bye week is. But let's yeah. say their bye week is week seven. Start a week eight. Like, literally just put him right there. Give him some extra time to prepare. There, there, are, there is – I'm not a big fan, me personally, of reducing the amount of preseason games. I've heard they may go down to two in the NFL. Yeah, That doesn't help a guy like Stroud who needs those preseason reps no. um, in, before the season starts. Now, I don't know if they're going down to two in the upcoming season or if it's down the road. I don't know. But the less reps in the preseason – and game reps, that's going to hurt his production and it's be him being able to be ready for game one. So I think maybe literally if the, if the bye week's week seven, start him week eight, get him a couple extra, get him an extra week to get out there and play the football and practicing game plan and prepare as QB1 to see allow him to start at that point. But I'm hesitant on starting him right away because it could derail the confidence. I mentioned, uh, I say all the time, I grew up a Colts fan. It's a wild thing to think about. The Peyton Manning started off three and thirteen, and it came back thirteen and three the next year, and his confidence wasn't derailed and knocked off the tracks. Like that's yeah. insane because the average person 
If you do that, you're, if you go and you have the career he had at Tennessee, you, you come from the, uh, your dad is who he was in college in the NFL. You think, okay, cool. Like my dad wasn't, um, his dad was over near as, as good as Peyton Manning was no, as a quarterback. No. But his dad, people knew who Arch Manning, who uh, Archie, Archie, talking about Arch here. Uh, people knew Someone who Archie probably was. calls him Arch. <laughs> <laughs> but people knew who his dad was. Three and 13 knocks off most human, not just athletes, human beings, athletes in general, knocks them off the tracks and says, oh, I can still play, but I won't be as confident. That didn't change much for Peyton Manning except for making him work harder in the offseason. So that's my hesitancy there. If there mm-hmm. are struggles early, I don't want Stroud to be that guy because it may mess up his confidence. Now, here's the thing. If you listen to him in media availability sessions and interviews, he may sound the most confident guy in the world. So take that for what it's worth. Do you get that, Stroud, that confident guy in the, po- in the press conferences on the field? Because if that's what you get on the field, start in week one. I just yeah. don't think that's him week one of the National Football League. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I just don't really feel like there's much of a rush. You have four years of the rookie contract plus a fifth-year option. So you have time in to see whether he can be that guy. And also, like if you're drafting him, you're expecting that he's going to be your starting quarterback for like the next 10, 15 years. So there's really right. no rush right. to put him out there at all. So we'll see how it works out. I mean, Andy Dalton, I'm totally fine watching him play. I can't say that all my listeners are totally fine watching him. They're going to want TJ Stroud. And they'll be tearing each other apart if Stroud's not out there week one and the Panthers go out and lose or they get off to a bad start with Dalton. I don't know. The schedule comes out in May because the NFL has to have an event every month. And, well, the May event is the schedule release, even though we know the teams. We just don't know the dates. So we'll see how it works out. My hope is that's probably it's a that's an early buy so that you can get Dalton out there for a couple of games. Then Stroud. But if Stroud lights it up in the preseason and it looks like he's ready to go, then, hey, by all means. But for me right now, I, I'm not really in a rush to see him play because it's a process, and we'll see what it looks like down the road. But, Jay, really appreciate your insight, man. Seriously. I, you know, we go talk to some of the college people, and I'm like, all right, but try this out. I have, I've been <laughs> on with you before. So I, I knew I knew you were going to be a solid dude because I was like, okay, I know Jay's going to do the right stuff because I don't, I don't want to be asking – locked on, insert college, and they're giving me the Homer thing like, oh, yeah, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest player ever. I wanted the truth. You got went out there, gave me the truth, gave my listeners the truth. And I appreciate you for doing that. And y'all make sure to check them out on Twitter at jstevens07. And, of course, you know, check out Locked On Buckeyes because I'm sure he's going to have plenty of thoughts on C.J. Stroud as the draft process goes on and if he potentially becomes a Carolina Panther. So, Jay, thank you so much again, man, for coming on here on Locked On Panthers. No problem. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Hopefully, we can do, hopefully, hopefully we can do it again. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm technically right now a Bryce Young guy, but – I, I like Stroud too. I I told people younger Stroud. I don't really care. I'm who if they draft Levis or Richardson. I mean, I guess I care, but I'm gonna support whoever they draft and hope they got it right because that's what we have to do. Just hope that they're gonna get it right. And it's kind of a crapshoot. But I would love to have CJ Stroud here in Carolina. Just not as much as I would love to have Bryce Young as of March 23rd. That could all change over the next five weeks as we have the draft April 27th. So again, appreciate you, Jay. Guys, check him out over there on Twitter at jstevens07 and Locked On Buckeyes. We'll take a quick pause and wrap up the show here on Locked On Panthers. All right, great stuff there from uh, Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. Again, check him out, Locked On Buckeyes. Of course, I'm where you listen to this podcast and over on YouTube. And I told him after uh, we got off the air there that, hey, ooh, buddy, you know, sometimes I'm concerned because I don't know how everybody does their shows. Y'all know me. I'm honest with you. I'm going to give you my honest thoughts on the Carolina Panthers. I'm not going to try and sugarcoat things. I'm not going to be a homer podcast. Of course, I want the team to win because if they win, 
more of you watch, and I want to talk about a good football team. But I'm also going to tell you if I don't think they're all that good. Like earlier this week, I said the wide receiver core is still one of the worst in the NFL. Glad to have you, Adam Thielen. Does not change the fact that this is one of the worst collection of pass catchers in the National Football League and does not necessarily put the rookie quarterback, whether it's C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or the other guys, in the best position. But you should have a running game. They have a good offensive line. And with Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders out of the backfield, catch, well, my Sanders out of the backfield, but Hayden Hurst catching the ball at tight end, I think that they'll be okay. And it's an upgrade to what they had a year ago. Still not great, but okay. So I am glad to see that Jay is also kind of subscribes to, hey, let's be honest. Let's not be homers. Let me give you my actual opinion on how I think things are. And he gave us some good insight there on CJ Stroud. And I think Stroud can be a good player. I'd be happy to take him here in Carolina, and I think there's the infrastructure here for him to be a good football player in Carolina. Uh, we'll just see what happens, whether he comes here or goes elsewhere. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. We're typically on Fridays, not tomorrow. I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. Either at me or DM me to submit a question for the weekly Friday mailbag. But on tomorrow's show, as I mentioned, Jimmy Stein, one of the hosts of Locked on Bama, going to be on the show tomorrow. He's actually, his uh, Twitter handle is at Quarterback Country. So I'm hoping that that means he's going to be pretty good at breaking down quarterbacks. I want to know what he thinks about Bryce Young and how he could potentially fit in the NFL and with the Carolina Panthers if he does indeed go number one overall to Carolina. Of course, the Bama Pro Day is going on on Thursday, so get the reaction to what he sees there because he will be boots on the ground in Tuscaloosa. And I imagine the Panthers' massive traveling party will also be there in Tuscaloosa on Wednesday night to have dinner with Bryce Young and then there on Thursday to watch him sling the pill there in the Alabama. So all that coming up tomorrow on Locked on Panthers.